0: Today, we have a wonderful treat for all of you. We have multiple guests on today's show, and I'm excited for you to meet both of them. My first guest is a singer, songwriter, actress, and musician. Just 17 years old, this Southern California native transcends her age and stature with a voice of outstanding clarity, power, and poise. Having performed live Theatrically, since the age of five and behind the camera for commercials, TV and films, she is no stranger to taking a stand front and center. She has a new single out and we're so excited to be able to share it with you and this fabulous young lady. Please join me in welcoming Anna K. Steiner. Anna, how are you? Hi, Nikki. I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You are quite welcome. I'm really excited to chat with you and, and learn a little bit more about you and, and share all of your wonderful accomplishments with everyone. I'm really looking forward to it. But before we do that, I also would like to tell everyone about our second guest who is joining us today. So she is an American entertainment magnet and celebrated music and media personality a critically acclaimed composer, producer, and founder of the Ultimate Music Vocal Summit, where she uses her talents and connections to mentor and develop aspiring young singers and songwriters, including Anna, a fierce, humanitarian, and unique player on the American media landscape. Please welcome Dawn Elder. Welcome, Dawn.
1: Well, hello, Nikki, and thanks for inviting us.
0: You are quite welcome. I'm excited to have the two of you on, and I think this is going to be a very fabulous show, so we're going to get right to it. All right, let's learn a little more about Anna. Can you tell us how you got your start in music, and what was the pivotal moment you knew you wanted to become a singer? Sure. So, it's going to sound really cliche,
2: but I just love singing, and I remember going to a musical theater production when I was around eight years old. I pointed the stage and I told my mom, I turned to her, I was like, that's what I want to do. And she's like, are you sure? Like, you're going to have to sing in front of people. Is that okay? And I said, that's okay. I I guess I've never been shy, but my mom agreed to enroll me in singing lessons. It was was kind of funny because for a month I had to sing in another room because I couldn't sing in front of my singing teacher. I was scared, a little embarrassed. It was kind of funny.
0: <laughs> we all get but, shy every now and then. I do. Yeah. I even do now.
2: And then so. I, I have to say what inspired me to start writing songs, I, I just always loved telling stories, and I always have loved music. And I think bringing those two passions together just seemed natural. So when I joined the summit with Dawn, she started introducing me and showing more, me more how to write, and the tools to help me bring my thoughts into musical ideas.
0: That's an awesome story. I know that you've been very busy the past couple years, and you've also been involved in the Protege Program and the Ultimate Vocal Music Summit. Could you tell us yes. about that program? Yeah.
2: So I've been a part of the Ultimate Vocal Music Summit Program since I was around 14 years old. I originally met Don through an acting website because I'm also an actress. And so it was backstage, I believe it was, and my mom was scrolling through and she was like, hey, there's a there's an opportunity to, to go and be a part of a singing program and, and go to a summit. And she's like, are you interested in that? I said, yeah, sure. That'd be great. And so I went and that's where I met Dawn and... Some of my vocal instructors, Natasha Corrigan. I met Lynn Finmont there, and amazing instructors and pianists and musicians. And it was just—it was really incredible because this was something new for me. I—I I'd, I'd never experienced something like that before. And so that's kind of how I got to be a part of the program. And then I agreed to sign a contract and be with Dawn. And and now we've you know been working together since since I was around 14. It was just pretty cool. <laughs>
0: Don, would you like to add anything, tell us a little bit more about the Ultimate Vocal Music Summit and what you do? It would be my pleasure.
1: The Ultimate Vocal Music Summit is a program that was started in 2015-16. Two of my friends and I in the industry decided that kids weren't getting a fair shake. Now, a lot of the reality TV shows portray one side of the industry and It doesn't show the foundation that's needed, the music training that's needed prior to you trying to take on a mainstream stage. And a lot of kids we were seeing were ending up with nodes on their vocals, they weren't being taught proper vocal technique, nor were they actually being told how to deliver their performances or things that they should look out for in the industry, and how could they get their music arranged, or how would they look for the proper producer for their style or their genre that they would find themselves drawn to. So that's how it just started. It was like, oh, my God, there's so many kids out there that are just, their vocals are being damaged horribly, and they're not being taught properly. And originally started as a vocal summit rather than any other uh, element of the industry but you know more on improving your vocals and then from there that wasn't enough so we knew they needed help with their music theory, composition and also rhythm, being able to really understand their music and understand how to to go about their performances. So we expanded it and launched it in 2015 and really took off in 2016 and 17, and now here seven years later. We have uh, delivered several winners for many of these reality TV shows, as well as we have established several singing stars that have now very successful and fruitful singing careers. But more importantly, we just want to pay it forward. Everyone from... Kenny Arnoff to Vinnie Caluda to Luis Conte to Earl Cooney to Tar Galcone. We've had Ricky Minor, Michael Bearden, all these folks came together, including Seth Riggs and God Rest Your Soul, Jeannie Dava, to pay it forward to all these young artists. And together, the idea was to create a safe environment for them, no competition just somewhere where they could just lay it on the line, learn as much as they could, and really feel good about themselves. And at the end of the summit, they would all get to perform with these all-star musicians, as if they were on one of these TV reality shows and more like a Grammy Awards type of band. And the all-stars were formed to back them up on their final performances at the end of each summit. But then as it progressed, we also saw that they needed further training and that there were a few very special candidates that would come out of each summit and that we would like to see how we could nurture them further. And we chose them wisely, I feel. Uh, A panel of celebrity coaches that have coached the stars, legendary stars today from Stevie Wonder on would with sit with in review the students after the final concert performance. So they'd have four days of workshop and then final performance and then a review day. And if on that review we found that there were four or five students that we felt had more, we would then continue to mentor them throughout the year. And in that program, they would get opportunities to perform on mainstream stages, everything from the Greek Theater to the Libero Theater here in Santa Barbara, the Granada, on and on. And this would give them a little leg up. And they would attend industry events such as NAM and APAP and Lay Listener. APAP is the Association of Arts Presenters all across America. They would get to meet these presenters and be able to present their work, learn from these presenters, and what they're looking for out of an artist. At NAM they would get to learn about the National uh, Music equipment industry and get an opportunity to find endorsements. And then if I found that there were a few that were really, really, really special in their songwriting, such as Anna, I would agree to produce a song for them. Anna was exceptional. Her technique, her willingness to just absorb like a sponge, anything and everything that you wanted to show her, she just was anxious to learn. She just flourished in these environments, and I felt she just had the whole package, really. And I was honored, and I'm so blessed to
0: have worked with her. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I I actually can tell she's a very, very special young lady. Can certainly tell that. So, Anna, I do know that you are also an actress. How do you feel that helps you in your music?
2: I think that acting has been a huge part of my music journey.
0: I actually started in
2: commercial acting before I really started getting into more commercial music. And so I do, you know, small gigs like commercials or student films or things like that. And I took acting classes and just started getting more comfortable with it. It's really helped my singing a lot because, you know, music is not just music. It's storytelling. And when someone's songwriting, you know, they're writing a story. And you need to be able to portray that in a convincing way. You know, obviously, hopefully, hopefully, people are writing songs about something that actually means something to them, so it shouldn't be hard, like it shouldn't have to be a, a drama-winning performance. But acting has been so helpful to me when it comes to to music because... I know how to portray my emotions when it comes to a song. When it comes to a live performance, I can show those facial expressions. I can show what I'm feeling inside through my actions and through arm movement. It's so helpful when it comes to stage presence, which is a huge part of singing and
0: music. I agree. Do you find, because I know I have this trouble all the time when I perform, I'm a very much a hand talker. I'm always moving my hands are doing some type of hand gesture, even when I view myself back on video. I, I don't even realize that I'm doing it. Do you find that you do that a lot as well, just because it's second nature, I guess? Uh, actually, I don't. I'm kind of the opposite. Oh, I need to use my maybe hands it's just more. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I was kind of hoping somebody else did it as well, but
1: anyway. It's all well, good. may I maybe I make a suggestion to you? Is that don't don't worry about it so much, because if you're using your hands to help show and feel the expression of your music, it's actually an endearing quality in a singer.
0: Okay, cool. I'll take that. See, thank you, Don. You're making me feel a little bit better about all my my hands because I do I do use my hands a lot. I would love to talk about the new single, No okay. Regrets. What was the inspiration for the song? Tell us a little bit how it came about. Who are your collaborators on it? Where was it recorded and musicians, so on and so forth. Could you give us some insight? Yeah. So No Regrets actually
2: was started with Don and I. We started together at the beginning from scratch with this song. Ironically, the night before, we both didn't sleep well and stayed up thinking about some things, mostly about conversations that we had in our head about the could-haves, the would you know, the should-haves of our day, like, maybe I should have said this differently, or I could have done this, you know, whatever. And I think writing, is it's so much of a personal journey. And I think what makes this song so personal is that it's real. I mean, there's nothing fake about it. It's genuine. And as we were writing this song we wanted to write about something that everyone could relate to like a common ground the idea of of having regrets is something that someone from you know 17 to 70 can understand and i think that was one of the things that was so attractive about the song and this this idea is that we're all broken and life isn't perfect and That's one of the lines in the song, actually, is, you know, life isn't perfect, we are too. But it's how we move forward from those mistakes in our life that matter. I think we came to realize that if we live our life with truth and love in everything that we do, you know, if we try to do that, then we don't have to question or, like agonize over things that we may have said or done in the past. And I know I've had a lot of regrets in my life so far, and I'm only 17. And I know that Dawn's had some regrets in her life as well, and that everyone has. It'd be very hard to find one person who doesn't have a single regret in their life. And I think we both just wanted to say, like, all done, we can't live this way anymore in in agonizing over past decisions or past comments. Because at the end of the day, it, it isn't worth it to hold on to that stuff. So... Getting to collaborators, um, I think everyone on my band and team for the song, they related to the lyrics. And later, after we had worked on it, we brought it into Bob Malone, who is this amazing pianist and a fantastic mentor and friend. And he helped put the bow on the song. It was beautiful and it was perfect because it was raw. And it was just such a nice feeling to finish the song and know that we are bringing a message of hope and truth to people in kind of a chaotic time.
0: I certainly agree with that 110%, and I can certainly say I have my own regrets, and the song definitely does transcend, and anyone that listens to it will definitely be able to relate. So we are going to play this now for everyone. This is No Regrets by Anna K. Steiner.
3: Outside, I'm looking out my window Reflecting on the days, come and gone The pictures and words playing in my mind How did it all cross the road? Scene by scene of my life's conversations Did I really need to say that after all? And I just keep thinking and I just keep wondering
0: music. So it's truly a testament to the maturity that you have, especially for being 17. And I certainly applaud you and your co-writers and Dawn as producer on this, because it is one of those songs that as a songwriter, you wish that you wrote yourself when you listen to it. At least I do. You know, that's just my perspective, but I certainly do feel that way. So congratulations Absolutely thank fantastic. Thank you so much, thank You're welcome. Thank you. Thank welcome. you. <laughs> <laughs> so as a young budding artist, who or what inspires you? Hmm. That's a really good question. I've heard
2: a lot of different music in my house. Growing up, I listened to a lot of jazz and classics and old tunes. And my dad especially would drive my brother and I to school every morning listening listening, and basically jamming out to 60s, 70s, and 80s hits, <laughs> and so some of the artists that I would listen to would be like Etta James and Frank Sinatra and um, Journey and Pink Floyd, you know, many, many, many people like that, many, many artists and groups, but one artist in particular or that Dawn introduced me to after about six months of working with her was an artist named Linda Ronstadt, and. She was considered one of the top leading vocalists, and she sang in 11 different genres. And I, I love all different kinds of genres, and I think that's, in a way, what makes me unique as a singer. Like, people ask me all the time, what makes you unique? And I just tell them, I, I sing all different types of genres. I don't really have, a, like, a box I put myself into when it comes to that. But she was just incredible, and I would say that she is definitely an inspiration when it comes to my songwriting and my career because she's so diverse and she doesn't stick to one thing.
0: Linda Ronstadt is actually one of my favorites. I was a huge fan of hers. Well, I still am a huge fan as well. That's a very, very good influential musical artist to to go by. One of the things that stuck out with me when you were describing that is I was going to ask you what you feel differentiates yourself from other artists out there today, so obviously singing and writing in in multiple different genres, which I may actually ask Dawn to chime in on this one, too. I know that the industry today does tend to pigeonhole or at least force Mm -hmm. artists down a lane. It is not very Uh, common. It's not just
1: today. This is very, this has been since forever. Very right. few have, have, have come out of the box on this uh, right. to be able to successfully cross genres. I mean, it's easy to cross, let's say, example, uh, country and then country pop. That's become common and have a little crossover there. But let's say to cross genres of pop, R&B, and country, that's a little bit more difficult. And not many artists have done that successfully. Correct. And generally, the record companies, in when there were record companies, and I mean, there still is, but very few, unfortunately, that operate basically in the old school format, which meant really propelling an artist, developing an artist, and, you know, promoting that artist from infancy to success. Now, the way that record companies sign an artist, they want a 360-degree record deal, which means that they own you from not only your music, but they also now own your live appearances, your merchandise, every bit Mm -hmm. of your touring appearances, and endorsements. And I just happened to get a a record contract on my desk a week ago from a well-known mega label. And their deal was a 360-degree, mind you, and even this was for an established artist. And they wanted to own all the music rights in perpetuity. They wanted to own all the touring in perpetuity. They they would continue to get percentages, not just even as an agent or a manager because it's bad enough that in those days you also have your agent getting 10%, you get your manager getting 10%, and then you have your record company. So now it's the record company, the agent, the manager, all getting a commission from your touring and also controlling 30%, one-third of your annual touring, which they get to choose where you tour, and with whom you tour.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so, crazy, and we're going a little sidebar down the, the road in terms of the music industry, but I think it's important to call that out. It's also
1: important to call out the fact that a lot of artists today are not really making music for the genre necessarily that they love or even that they should qualify in. Correct. They are actually doing it to see what kind of award they could fit in or pigeon themselves into.
0: (laughs) Yes. Hey, you know, I'm the first one that always says, I have had so many people tell me to sing country music, and I am the first one to sit there and say, I am not a country music artist. My voice does not (laughs) lend itself to country music, and I may write a country music song that somebody else may record, but not me and i don't think you would fit in that genre either because i just your voice is is too to me is more jazz r&b uh you know pop type rock type of, of voice i just country to me the way it is today just stands out as being a particular type of tone i know i don't have it um I definitely think I could fit in
2: the in the folk category and I've definitely written some songs like that before. I'm not sure that hard country is exactly the direction I'm going towards. I love to involve a little bit of everything in my songs and I think that's that's one thing that makes my my music unique is that it's not just you know, it's not just one genre in my songs. You can, it could fit into several different, and you can hear different sounds in it because I love mixing and, and matching different songs and sounds. But another thing that I was hoping to talk about is that I think back to the point of, like, a lot of artists aren't singing songs that they, you know, that they want to sing necessarily. One of the main things I've noticed a lot in today's, like, hits modern music, like the top 100 Billboard charts is, an awful lot of them have explicit language in it. And it's really sad to see because I know for a fact, like a lot of young kids are listening to these songs in hopes to you know, aspire to that someday. But if they're hearing a lot of explicit language on these songs, you know, that's a lot of, I I don't know. I just think that that artists don't have to use that in order to get their point across. And as a singer, I have to look for a lot of different songs to sing for events and gigs and, and such. And eventually you start to run out of songs because... It seems like now you're limited when it comes to songs that have beauty and dynamics to it but don't have explicit language. They can be really hard to find, and I just don't think it should have to be that way. So I try to limit any to none um, explicit language in my songs just so that it's open for everyone to listen to and no one has to feel like they have to censor me to their child or something.
0: I like that methodology, and we're going to touch back on that in one second. But I want to take a quick pause and take a short break here for a word from one of our partners in podcasting, B Squared Management. We'll be right back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris here on Sim Radio. Hi, it's Jordan and Madison, and we're Jay
2: Madison out of Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to tell you about B Squared Management, artist services by artists for artists. Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at B Squared And listen up to our latest single, Down,
1: now on
0: Spotify. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the Sim Radio Network, and my guest, the very talented Anna K. Steiner. And producer Don Elder. So before we had the break, you were talking about explicit lyrics and, and the songs today. And I agree with you. I also think to some extent that a lot of the songs today are too cookie cutter. Everything sounds yeah. exactly the same. There isn't any variety. I get very sick of songs very, very quickly. And, <sighs> and they're almost played to death to the point where i have heard i think a certain song within an hour on Sirius XM like i feel like it's 10 times i know it's not 10 times but <laughs> it's at least twice in the same hour where or a
2: lot of songs the- like sound the same
0: <laughs> yes they all do sound the same and that is actually one of the things that i really like about the two songs that you brought with you today, and we'll get to the second song in just a little bit, but is that they're very, very different. And they showcase Mm -hmm. your style in two different ways. And the structure is different. The instruments are different. And those are the types of things, in my opinion, that separate artists. Listening to a song where I can't even tell who it is because they sound exactly like somebody else, Mm -hmm. does not excite me, at least from a listening perspective. And that is probably why I actually, because I tend to lean more towards the alternative realm when I listen to music. Mm -hmm. But that is why I probably do that, because every single song is different. It's different. And I I think that's one of the things that I love so much about um,
2: a lot of the older artists is you know, now nowadays, everyone's trying to go after the same sound. Like, they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, they see someone on TikTok and they sound amazing, and then everyone's trying to copy his or her sound. And it's like, wait, but everyone has their own individual sound. Like, don't throw away the beauty of your own voice for for someone else's. You know, there may be some things that I may not like about my sound or or you may not like about your sound or whatever, but it, it's unique and it's individual. And that's one thing I loved about the old artists is, you know, if you hear Ella Fitzgerald, you know it's Ella Fitzgerald. Or if you hear Journey, you know it's Journey, like, without a doubt, mm-hmm. a doubt. They just sound different, and no one has ever sounded exactly like them, which I think is the beauty of music. And it's My musical
0: idol is Pat Benatar, and to this day, I still say nobody will ever come close to Pat in regards to, like, female rock. Maybe Stevie Nicks. Yeah.
3: Because I
0: like her, too. But... You know, there are you know, with the exception of a few artists today, you're exactly correct. I mean, it's that they were the epitome of music at their time and, and today, um I think we you know, hopefully things will start to maybe circle back around. I certainly mm, think I don't know. You don't know well, there, are, there are some <laughs> artists, some that are like some. I They're don't so know unique. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I mean, well, I have to Laura's talk, uh, you know, if
1: I might, uh, like, chime in here since I was the producer on this song, the, both these songs, um, and I have been called an old-school producer because I do use real live instruments, and that's very old-fashioned today, uh, to use real musicians, real orchestra, real guitarists, real drum sounds like Vinny Caliuto, who is probably the the most legendary pioneer of his time as a drummer and the sensitivity that he has towards female vocals and and supporting a singer and, and the ingenuity that he brings to just certain touches and certain beats that he does. You know, just even the way he hits his cymbals can change the whole texture of a song. You have percussionist Luis Conte. Today's music is all about sampled sounds. Everybody wants to make it for cheap, and let's throw a whole bunch of sample sounds. They're all going to sound alike. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they are the same song. There is no creativity because the melody is based on the loop. The loop is created, and that same loop is used in 50 songs.
0: You know, I've gotten my hands smacked, for writing out of the box by a couple of different avenues, which is interesting because I couldn't write in Nashville. I certainly couldn't because they are very, very strict and and want everything done a certain way. And that's just not Mm. how I write music. I write the way I write, and, you know, if I want to start a song with a chorus, that's what I'm going to do. If I want to start it with a bridge, that's what I'm going to do. And I think somewhere along the line, something's going to have to break for some of the not-so-cookie. I call it cookie-cutter because that's what it is, but uh, Mm -hmm. differentiating writing. It's kind
1: of like prefab houses. yeah. You know how yeah. you have the, the manufactured house that ends up in uh, – did you ever see that TV show? Uh, I think it was called Weeds. Yes. Where, you know, it's a cookie cutter. They were one. Yes. Every house looks the same. Every exactly the same. is definitely the same. <laughs> So basically, I think today's songs are, if you remember, I mentioned the theme song for weeds, little boxes on the hillside, little boxes made of picky tacky little boxes on the hillside, little boxes all the same. There's a green one and a pink one and a blue one and a yellow one, and they're all made out of picky tacky and they all look just the same. Well, that sort of fits what's happening in music today.
0: agree 150%, and I'm tagging on that because I'm going to ask Anna the same question that I ask every songwriter that comes on my show. This is actually my signature question that everybody gets that writes music. Do you have any songwriting tips that you may have learned? I know that you're like the massive elder in the room at the ripe old age of 17, but I know that you've learned some stuff because I know who your teachers are. But do you have any tips that maybe you would like to share with some of our listeners?
2: Yes, I would. When I first started songwriting, I thought it was just about rhyming and putting words together to a melody that sounded good. That's honestly what I thought a song was because I had, I had no idea. But as I started working with Dawn and growing in my talent and learning, like, I discovered that the most important part of songwriting is being true to your feelings. Be honest with yourself and tell a story as it is. And 100% of the time when I do that, that gives me the song I'm looking for or the sound that I desire. I was actually writing with a friend when I made the discovery of what I believe to be the most important part of songwriting. And I remember we were just tinkering around with the music and lyrics and... He was writing the song, and I was like, this does not sound like it's written to a friend. You know, he was like, oh, no, it's to a friend, it's to a friend. And I was like, this sounds like it's kind of a heartbreak song. Like, <laughs> do you want to tell me what happened to be Like, just be honest with yourself, because I, I could tell he was bluffing a little bit. And so when he came out and, and told me what the song was really about, that's when we started making major breakthroughs in our writing, because he was being honest with himself. And I knew, I knew how to help him write this song, because... I knew what it was truly about. You know, I knew the real story. And I think that's just the most important part. I'm still learning and growing, and I don't think anyone ever stops learning and growing how to be a songwriter or a singer, which is the beautiful part about it. It's not like, oh, you're done, you've mastered it, you know, you don't need any help anymore. It's a very humbling industry because you can grow and keep learning, and there's always something new, which is the exciting part about it. It's a big adventure. The biggest part of it is being honest with yourself and your feelings, and that's when a beautiful song comes out.
0: That is fantastic advice, and I totally agree that you can continue to learn and grow regardless of your age or how long that you've been in this business. I learn every day, and to be honest, it's one of the reasons why I ask that question. I actually use it as a learning tool for myself to see what other people are using for tips and tricks. So your suggestion is very well received. And I know that you actually used your own suggestion with your next song that we're going to play for everyone called Invisible. <laughs> so it was released last year. And I know that you just released the video. And I do know that it's from a personal experience. So would you like to tell us a little bit about that? Sure.
2: Sure. <laughs> So I think this is probably the more personal song. And this is the first song I had a real breakthrough with Dawn when I started songwriting with her. I actually came home one day and I was really angry because (laughs) it's hard to get me mad. I mean, I'm normally a pretty calm and and peaceful person and generally happy, but I was just very, I was upset. I was ghosted by someone and I was just really angry. So I, I came home and I sat down at the piano and I pulled out my journal because when I'm that mad I'm not going to function if I didn't get my feelings out so (laughs) I'm sure everyone can relate to being bullied or, or ghosted or or hurt by someone especially a guy I was mad so I started playing a few notes on the piano and it became a lick and my family mentioned hey that's that's pretty good and I just kept working on it and I actually wrote the whole song in one night. I think it was like two and a half hours, two hours or something like that. And I later brought it to Dawn and she said, Hey, this is this is really good. This is real and this song was like gonna work. And it's it's personal and that's that's when it counts with a song. This song took me a long time together, mostly because the first couple of months I was having to let go of my feelings and you know be honest with myself because that was when I really started learning what the key to songwriting is and when you're really hurting about something and songwriting makes you vulnerable it's hard to be honest but that's the only way that healing starts to happen and music is made and so Don and I worked together for several months and then we said it was finished and then I sang it at the Ultimate Vocal Music Summit and we were working on it the day before and then I sang it and Then we were going in to record it and we were changing whole verses the day before the recording happened. (laughs) So like, you know, it's, it's like, ah, we're changing whole verses and words and stuff, but it was really good. And it just reminded me that a song, you know, you can change stuff up to the last minute if that's, if that's, you know, what it really takes. And so we finished it and we recorded it and I'm just really happy that it's, that's out there. And it was really hard with COVID to, Record these songs because, you know, we were ready, and then it didn't happen. And then, you know, the studio was open, but I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Don, but we got the last recording slot um, before COVID shut everything down, which was such a blessing. It was incredible. Yep. So it was it was a
1: really and then you got the last one day where we actually went back and did the vocals, and then it shut down again because, if you remember, there was the second surge. So, you got the last date before the pandemic was announced, and one last date when it looked like we were going to reopen, and then everything else shut down.
0: Well, you have certainly made the most of those last dates, I'm going to definitely say. And I know that I personally love the video, I love the song, loved it since the day that I heard it. And we are now going to put it on for everyone to listen. This is Invisible by Anna K. Steiner.
3: Once upon Just <laughs>
0: Mature musical creation. It I'm really, really impressed with your style, your songwriting, your performance. Thoroughly impressed. And Dawn, massive, massive, massive congratulations to you as well. You and I didn't really know each other very well and I'm like listening to all of your creations as of late. I'm like going, oh, I, I love on just as much as I think Anna loves on, so I'm I'm <laughs> thrilled as see Well little, you know uh, the irony
1: is we first met together when I brought Anna to the Grammys. Yes. That's the first time we actually yes. uh in person met. Oh
2: my yes. gosh, right. That was February of twenty twenty and that was just before the
1: shutdown. Like it's crazy to think about right. that. I think I have a picture I of the three of us. Wow. I Yes. <laughs> I never even posted that I think because
0: everything got crazy right after. (laughs) Oh, you should do a memory post. Yeah. Yeah, Memory post. Definitely. If you remember we were at that
1: party when we were all tired. (laughs) 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 Yeah, the
0: twelve hours. I remember that. that Yeah. We were
1: exhausted. Yay, I
3: think I so everybody has their high heels in time.
1: hand.
2: <laughs> 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 thank you so much for the, the sweet comments, and thank you for, it means so much to have your opinion on these songs. I mean, I really admire what you're doing with Sisters in Music, and I admire that your program is, is meant to be there for people and to uplift, especially women in music. I know for a fact it's really hard to get off the ground as a, as a starting artist, and you know, especially if you're not, like, I, I try to do TikTok, but I'm not, like, you know, I'm not super into tons of TikTok dances and stuff like that. And it was really hard to to get off the ground as a starting artist, and I'm still trying to work on it. So, you know, go follow it, Instagram and Facebook, but...
0: Um, I'm not yeah. a big TikTok fan either, so don't feel bad.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's, just, it's yeah. all right. I think it's really hard when I see... You know, someone can become a TikTok star overnight and then, you know, next thing you know, then they sing something and then they're famous, you know. I I think that, you know, singing used to be something where if you were really, really good and if you had a talent and you had the stage presence and you had everything, then you were noticed for that. But now it, it sort of seems like it's become something where if you can pay for it and you can, you know, if you can look like it, then you've got the job. I think that we should go back to the old way of doing things where, you know, music is something that should be appreciated for the artist. And if they have a talent, if they've got the voice, if they've got the lyrics and something to say, then they should
0: be heard. That is very, very wise words, Anna. Very wise words. And I think we're going to end – well, no, we're not going to end on that because I would like to ask if there's anything else that you would like to – share with our listeners before we sign off. Obviously, social media sites would be good to shout out now, and then I'll ask Dawn for final comments before we close things out. So, Do you want to tell us what your uh, website is and your social media sites and anything else that you would like to share? Sure. Thank you. Instagram is at officialAnnaKasteiner.
2: Facebook, Anna K. Steiner. <laughs> Yeah, It's basically just AnnaKasteiner if you look that up, and Spotify is Anna K. Steiner and, yeah, just Anna K. Steiner is basically all my social media platforms. I want to share, like, a big milestone that I have that I'm working towards in my career. I think my biggest goal right now is building an audience for my music, and I'm so appreciative for this opportunity to be on today, and thank you so much for that. But for anyone who's listening, I would really appreciate the support, because I'm sure some of you know, or maybe some of you don't know, that... It is really hard to be a starting artist, and it's, it's so much fun, and it's a great adventure, but people really need support. So if you see someone who you appreciate on Spotify or or someone you listen to live, make sure to let them know because it really it means so much, and it can change someone's life and change someone's adventure when it comes to music. I definitely I want to sing and be in live concerts so bad and reach out to more people and just keep writing and recording more songs 'Cause I'm so blessed because I truly believe that music is a voice and it's a way to share with people my beliefs and my opinions and it's something that allows me to share freely in a world where it seems like sometimes what we have to say is censored or sometimes it's you know, it's people kinda hear what they want to hear and in music you can just say it, you can just sing it and people can't really stop you and so I think that's something that's so freeing and a wonderful thing about music that shouldn't ever be taken
0: away. Fantastic words to live by. Very, very well said. Dawn, anything you would like to share before we close out the show?
1: Just again, uh, you know, I'm uh, so uh, impressed and uh, it's a wonderful project that you've created here with Sisters in Music and in supporting young artists to continue their journey, their musical journey. And we're, uh, anything we can at DE World Media to support Sisters in Music, we are right here. Count on us. And if there are aspiring singers out there who would like to take a go at the Ultimate Vocal Music Summit, please do apply at theultimatevocalmusicsummit.com. And we do give out a certain amount of scholarships for deserving students, so take your shot at it. We only have 21 slots, and we only have seven left. In honor of Sisters in Music, if you put that you heard about it through Sisters in Music, we will bump you up to the top of the list of being in consideration for a scholarship.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Don. That's great. We will make sure that our listeners are aware of that, and hopefully I will see everybody at this year's Ultimate Vocal Music Summit. That's
1: right. Nikki Dress is going to be at the Ultimate Vocal Music Summit this year.
0: Yay! I'm excited. I'm
1: excited. In Burbank, California. Yes. All together.
0: All together. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. All right. With that, I'd like to thank both Anna K Steiner and Don Elder for taking the time to chat with me today. It's really been a pleasure, and I'm so excited to be able to share you with everyone. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for Mixing It. On behalf of everyone at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on mixing it.